everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of Season 8 of the Rough Draft Podcast, the only student-run literary podcast on York College where we talk about literature, culture, art, and everything in between. Thank you for joining us. My name is Sarah, and I'm one of the co-hosts for this season. My name is Ben, and I'm going to be your main host for this season. I'm Tara, and I'm another co-host for this season. Thank you all for listening to the first episode of Season 8. Today, Ben and Sarah will be talking to Daryl Wilt, the Director of Counseling Services, in hopes to break down some of the cultural stigma surrounding mental health and also addressing the topic of suicide prevention. We understand that this might be a difficult subject for some people. We urge you that if you can listen to, please do. We find this very important seeing last week was Suicide Prevention Week. We also want to help improve the way mental health is seen cultural on and off the York College campus. We hope that no matter when you listen, whether it be the day this episode airs or five years from now, you might find a new perspective. Be led to campus resources if you are in need of them or know that there are people trying to break the stigma that mental health illnesses hold in our cultural culture. Thank you for listening. Okay, Daryl, thank you for joining us today. Can you first tell us a little bit about what you do on campus? Uh, sure. So I'm the Director of Counseling Services, and what I do is a, a number of things. Uh, first thing is, even though I am the director, I also provide direct service to students. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, which is one kind of degree. Uh, it's one kind of license that mental health professionals can have. And so, I, again, I provide direct service to students as well as then I manage the office. We have a number of college counselors that are with us. We have two full-time college counselors, as well as we have the assistant director, who is just like me in that she also provides direct service to students. And then we also have a part-time college counselor that helps us with, with regards to providing services. And well, I guess I would say as well as the, and the kind of services are specifically mental health counseling. So we're not, we don't do career counseling or other things like that. There are other departments and other agencies, you know, other people who do that kind of thing. So, but we specifically specialize in, in mental health counseling. As far as students on campus, what are some of the biggest issues that people face when they come in for counseling? The uh, top five reasons why students come in for, to access our services. The top one is dealing with relationship problems. And so that, that really does cover a broad amount, a broad spectrum of different things. So for instance, that would include individuals who are having challenges or problems in their romantic relationship. It also includes individuals that are struggling with a roommate or a suite mate, and they're having some kind of conflict or issue in relationship to their, to their peer relationships. And then lastly, it includes uh, individuals who are having trouble with family issues whether that relates to a parent uh, or a sibling, that can also be uh, one of the big reasons. So our number one is relationship problems. Uh, secondly, then we, the students come in particularly for dealing with anxiety and worry. So I, probably no surprise to you that you know, anxiety would be, would be a big one. And especially during this time of COVID-19, there's now a whole nother layer of, of reasons why students are feeling anxious and, and kind of having uh, levels of worry that make them want to reach out and, and want to start having some conversations. 
other things that are a part of our top our top five list also include so individuals come in for dealing with self-esteem and self-confidence they also come in for stress management and also students come in due to related stress related to academics so though we don't do particularly helping students with academics per se but that is one of the reasons why they say they've come in for counseling now one thing i would just mention too quickly is if you noticed in the top five depression wasn't one of those but depression is right uh, it's our number six so it's just right around the corner and depending on the year many times depression is is one of our top in reasons why students come in for for services yeah i was going to ask i noticed depression wasn't one of them that was going to be my next question for you so I think this is a pretty big week. It is Suicide Prevention Week, which brings a lot of awareness to mental health and suicide prevention. How do you personally think that mental health is portrayed in the media? Are you satisfied with how it's portrayed or would you like to see some changes of how it's currently portrayed? Well, over the years, I have seen it trending in the right direction. So generally speaking, media and their their presentation of mental health issues I, I would critique it and would say that we need we need some improvement as far as how they represent mental health issues and whether we're talking on news broadcasts or also its representation in movies and other things you know there i'll just say we are moving in the right direction from my viewpoint about media getting better at its presentation of of mental health but obviously it can still use some tweaking and it can still use some, some uh, more fine tuning of representing mental health in, in a better light. One thing I would, that I would uh, like to speak to is the thing I do appreciate is there are, there's been so many individuals, uh, movie stars, sports stars, athletes that they, the media has done, has done, you know, studies on and done, uh, done interviews with. And so, in the past, you know, I'd say in the past five years, we've seen just a collective increase in these stories from people that most people look up to or have in a have respect for, and these individuals disclosing about their own mental health issues. Uh, depression being one of the top ones that a lot of these individuals have have talked about. And I'm just going to go through and just name just a few of those. Like for instance, we have Michael Phelps, the most decorated. Olympian ever in the history of the Olympics has won more gold medals than, than anyone in the history who had come forth about back in 2015, but also now here in 2020, he's become a pretty outspoken individual to talk about his own challenges with depression, with mental health. So I've really appreciated his kind of leading a cause to represent real uh, reality of, hey, even people that most people might think, oh, they probably have no problems, have, have shown up and are like, oh, no, we, we, we've got problems ourselves. So there's been a list of about 30 different movie stars and, uh, and again, athletes and, and pros that have come forward, and now their stories are represented in a lot of media formats, which I ultimately I'm, – I'm very thankful for that. And I think any of us could find – in, in any person's general interest group, you can probably find one or two people that meet that and they've got their own story about how they've struggled with depression or some other kind of mental health issue. 
Yeah, just yesterday, uh, Dak Prescott, the quarterback for the Cowboys, came out and talked about some of his own struggles with mental health and talked a little bit about his brother who took his life, I think, back in April. Are there any examples in media that you think should be followed or are good role models to follow as far as um, you said it was trending in the right direction? Are there examples you think should be followed? Well, specifically, I guess I would say any any of the interviews and the representation that uh, Michael Phelps has done. There's also a comedian, Gary Goleman, who in the past year, he his newest set is called The Depression. And that you can find that on, on HBO. And it's, a, it's an entire set dedicated to his struggle with depression. And of course, he brings in his humor and whatnot, but you know, he does a really great job of just having a real conversation and again, bringing more acknowledgement and awareness to this in a format that you know a lot of people do appreciate and like. We also have The Rock, which is Dwayne Johnson, and his, his uh, discussion about his own struggle with depression. Katy Perry, we have Ellen DeGeneres, like, uh, you know, Lady Gaga. So there's just so many people that have kind of taken on their own small cause in regards to helping to, to, to give that message. So I appreciate all of those individuals and their willingness, whether it's on their Twitter feeds or on, you know, their other forms of helping to provide that information for people. So I think we touched on this a little bit already, but in your opinion, are you more believing that it is better for people to have open discussions about the subject and having that open conversation with other people about the struggles that might be um, coming with mental health? Yeah, I, I actually, I, I really fully support that, that level of openness and having those conversations just because every time somebody adds a story to that, it's just one more way for, for college students and for, for everyone to hear a real person talking about real struggles. And I think that overall, it's, it's, it's absolutely more beneficial than not to have those, those conversations taking place. What resources are available for specifically um, students both on and off campus? specifically on campus to start what we do we have individual counseling sessions so if a student were to call in into our office what they're going to do is they're going to go through a bit of an intake process but then they're going to get to work with one one of the counselors and that will include pragmatically it's a normally a 45 to 50 minute either zoom or or phone session of course confidential it's all confidential but they can have those confidential conversations with a counselor in order to uh, address whatever issues it is that they're that they're struggling with. So here, oh, we also have groups that we offer. So there is students can can join one of our groups that might address a particular issue uh, that they're struggling with, and that then allows for more of a collective conversation amongst a number of individuals who all are sharing in having a same issue or pretty much a general, generally the same problem that, that they're having. And then being able again to have conversations in regards to that. When we look to the community, so there's a lot of local agencies and that are in our, in our community, which ultimately provide services. So that is also a great uh, connection for people who are not your college students, but are just generally speaking in the community. One of the best ways for that to happen to you is for people to simply do a Google search and just say therapist in my area or, 
or you know, mental health counselor in my area. Because what will happen is when, with a good Google search, uh, there's, a, there's a website through Psychology Today, which as you all know is a, is a magazine, but they have done the most fantastic job of providing a therapist locator so it's a system for you, you know, you, you plug in your area and then it brings up the profiles of all of the individuals and agencies in your area. And it helps you to kind of read about the particular therapist or counselor. So you can already try to get a feel for whether you believe this would be a good fit. And I guess I would speak to that just as a general understanding about mental health counseling. Obviously, everyone has a, has a unique personality. And that includes for the counselors as well. So sometimes when a person meets a counselor for the first time, they might, it might not jive real well. And that is okay. It just means then that the person needs to try a different therapist or a different counselor and, and not stop until they find somebody that they really feel like there's a, there's a really good chemistry, you know, there's, a, there's a really good connection there. And that's, so that's, that is a very typical process. People reach out, you use one of these great resources to connect. And if for some reason it doesn't entirely feel like the fit is really good, then I just really want to encourage people to not stop there, but to try again with a different counselor or therapist. And because you are uh, very likely then you're going to find somebody where it's going to, the fit is going to work really well. Going off of that, I have a question for you. Um, do you think the internet is changing how we approach mental health counseling, like applications on your phone, for example, BetterHelp, or any counseling services apps like that. I don't know if you're familiar or aware of these. Do you think that's more of a positive that someone could access counseling whenever they need it? So in regards to counseling services, counseling service apps, yeah, I believe that there is, there's definitely a place for that. It, it is, it's just one more resource that allows people to potentially pretty easily connect with somebody in order to start having a conversation. The best counseling services apps, they will, they have like criteria. So they're going to, you know, you know, introduce and have a beginning conversation. And if they believe that the issues that are being talked about uh, need to be directed either to somebody in person or, or somebody that would be more specialized in that area, th those good app companies help to make those decisions so that they're really connecting people with the most qualified individuals that they could work with. So I, I, think, it, I think it's a, a, great, a great resource. It many times isn't just the end, what a person ends up doing. Normally, it's kind of a starting place before they might get connected with, with, with somebody else. But yeah, I personally think it's a uh, for most of those apps, they're doing a good job of helping to provide initial conversations to, to, to get some conversations taking place. More towards the suicide prevention topic, what kinds of things should people look out for in a friend or family member that might indicate there could be a problem? Okay. Yeah, great question. Uh, a few things related to if we're looking for like with depression, depression or particularly suicide is this. So if, you, if we were to notice a significant change in the mood of, of one of our friends or one of the people that we know. And where, for instance, maybe they were pretty extroverted and were uh, pretty engaging. And then, then you notice that they have stopped engaging. They've become, you know, silent and, and that's going on for at least two weeks. 
we use a general bracket of approximately two weeks is this uh, is, is a good measurement to say if somebody has is still dealing with something after two weeks then then they're probably needing definite help okay if it was because everyone gets down by the way like everyone feels everyone has moments where they're either really feeling down and or just kind of really feeling stressed but the catch is if it if it lasts for longer than two weeks then is when that's definitely a warning sign. So if you were to notice a friend that seems to be really disengaged and, it, and it's gone on for these for a few weeks, then that's when you, you can know this person probably needs help or at least needs more help. Uh, other things particularly related to suicide is if, is if somebody just starts kind of saying stuff like, you know, it's okay if I don't wake up tomorrow. Like any kind of references to just not really being interested in in being around the in the following day and so they might joke about it I, I'm always going to suggest that generally speaking it is if somebody's joking about that following up with a question to say yeah are you like really like so really don't you're not feeling too good about even wanting to wake up tomorrow um, those are those are great signs to say this person is is not in a good place and could benefit from uh, talking with somebody uh, other things include if for some reason this of course we're getting into some kind of the real uh, kind of like more of an extreme situation like for instance so if somebody starts giving away their personal property if someone you know starts saying hey friend you can have this you can have that and they you start seeing them giving away things that are pretty valuable that is a, a very serious warning sign that a person is considering ending ending their life the one thing about individuals that that can be feeling suicidal is you you never can do harm by asking them point blank as if they're thinking of ending their life uh, most you know most of us of course naturally would be inclined to think oh I wouldn't want to bring that up if I see somebody who seems like they're not doing well and they've said that they're depressed and they have suggested that they might be not liking life much um, it, it is okay to ask directly to say hey are you like are you thinking about ending your life or you know like like what what's 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 happening for you you just bringing up or asking very directly about that it doesn't make a person prone to ending their life and that's what most people can think like don't bring it up because you might lead them to 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 a, you know an attempt or to ending their life and it's it's not true whatsoever it's, if you feel like something's going on there it's okay to ask and say, are you, you know, are you thinking of ending your life? And of course, then if they say yes, then it's like, okay, so like, let's get, I care about you. Let's get you connected with somebody who can really help. And, and then that's what, that's what you do. What kind of things in your experience can someone do for a friend who maybe doesn't want to go to counseling, but is having those kinds of thoughts and feelings? Okay. Well, good question. When people come into counseling, most people end up finding it to be a really good experience. So there can be that, that difficulty of, of helping the person to take that step to actually be being willing to meet with a counselor. And one of the best things to do is you can suggest that you would go with them to their first appointment. And so they wouldn't be alone in there. And here in counseling services, we completely support if a friend, if somebody's hesitant to, to come to counseling, and their friend is, you know, attempting to get them to come to counseling. You know, we'll tell that person, "Hey, you can come in too. You don't. They don't have to be in here alone without without 
you know, just themselves, you can come in with them and provide that support. And that works out well when, when they're willing to do that. It's a really good way to think of it is like none of us like having problems. And if you don't like having problems, one of the hardest things in, in life to do is to admit you have a problem. So normally things have to get pretty serious for people to be willing to even reach out and get help. And it's that last step there that they don't want to have a problem. They might just have no clue about what the benefits could be. And so if you're the friend, please feel free to offer you would join them in those first counseling session or two so that they have your support and it, it can sometimes make the difference uh, for them to act, to get connected with a counselor. Is that a common thing for people to come in with their friend on the first meeting? It, it doesn't happen that often, but it does happen periodic. And because there are plenty of, there's plenty of students that first off is they are personally initiating, like they, they are self-referred. They've realized that they're struggling and they find uh, that it's, that they're okay. They want to go talk to somebody. So a fair amount of our, of our students that come in, they are self-referred. A fair amount of them are referred by a friend, but once the friend tells them, they're willing to do that on their own. And then, then there's a smaller portion where, you know, they're just really hesitant. They may have had a bad, ex may have had a bad experience with counseling, you know, with a guidance counselor or something in high school, and so they have that reservation. And those are the times when, you know, the, uh, we would encourage the friend to bring them over and also join the session to help the friend get connected. All right, and if you could give a message to anyone listening to this show who might be going through a rough time, what would that message sound like? Uh, the message would quite simply sound like this. There is something very powerful that happens when you're not just on your own having to try to figure things out. And though most people want to try to figure things out on their own, uh, when, when you're willing to reach out and connect with one of us, if it's here at the Counseling Center, when you're willing to reach out and get connected with another person, I believe you will be surprised to find out how helpful it can be. One of the most, one of the, the most predominant things that happen for those that were hesitant and then they come to counseling is people feel very relieved. They're so happy that they came in and they are finding that though they weren't sure it would work, they find that they're feeling some relief and they're starting to feel better about whatever the particular challenge was. So that's what I would encourage you to do is don't, don't stay alone in your struggle. Please reach out and, and allow somebody else to become a part of the conversation with whatever the struggles are. And I believe that you will find that it is going to be very helpful and, and you're going to be so glad that you did. It's going to kind of open up a whole nother a whole nother world of opportunities and resources that you just never knew were there. Well, Daryl, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise on this subject. We know it's very important for our listeners to have heard what you have to say, and we'd like to thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me on, on your program. I appreciate it. All right, so that was a very interesting and informative interview with uh, Daryl Wilt today.
Yeah, definitely. I think you made some great points about um, the culture surrounding mental illness and how it's seen in the media. Definitely that he feels we're leading in the right direction, and I'd have to agree with those statements. But as long as we follow what he's saying, listening to the views of people who struggle, whether it be small voices or large voices, like celebrities, or just somebody in your community that you know that has dealt with this. I think that's the way to break down some of the um, issues surrounding mental health. Yeah, and I, I really like how he talked about athletes, because usually people look to athletes as like a pillar of strength. So I think uh, athletes leading kind of the charge in breaking down the stigma you know, puts a strong figure at the forefront of an issue that everyone deals with. Yeah, definitely. Just seeing those people and how they're open about this should, it gives a power to how we should be open about the subject also. He also made some really great points about suicide prevention and something that I didn't think about before, but just being um, able to have, like, if somebody's showing any symptoms, it's okay to ask them if they feel that way. It's something I thought that you might not be able to do. Yeah, and I like um, his answers to uh, the one question about, like, what kind of things should people look for? Because that's not really information that a lot of people have. So I think, you know, sharing that is going to help out a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. He also shared a lot of um, resources, both on and off campus for students and anyone listening that they could find um, available and helpful to them. Yeah, and like just for uh, specific to students on campus listening to this, I've used counseling services myself, and it's been a very professional and very helpful environment for me and for a lot of my friends. Definitely. Well, we'd like to thank you all for joining us this week. Um, next episode that will come out will be on Netflix and the culture of streaming. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been Sarah. Ben. Hi, Tara.